a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The noon hour is here. Check it out. And you're locked on to Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio station. My station. It's my station. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome on in 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. It is high noon. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard. Hope you're all well. Hey, buddy, how are you? Uh, how's my traveling friend? Just dandy. Good. Just delightful. It's uh, probably low 60s here in Vegas. Beautiful day. Not a cloud in the sky. Apparently, that's not the case up in Utah. Well, actually, right now, we've got sun peeking through, but I guess that's going to close up pretty quick. But it's oh yeah, it's actually a nice day this morning. At least it's been a nice day this morning. But beautiful Lord, this morning. Is it supposed to turn on us today or tomorrow? Uh, I think it's supposed to be turning on us essentially for the next two weeks. It's going to continually heard, turning on us. Oh, I don't want to hear that. Are you being serious? Uh, I'm being serious. You're just yeah. being a jerk. No, I, I'm being dead serious. Okay, like people hate you right now. Well, thanks. That's awesome for your honesty. You know what? You ain't lying. People Guess do what? hate me. In in, in modern day 2023, exactly. people hate truth. And they hate facts. So, Lloyd, just lie. Just lie. We've got spring coming. So, forecast this weekend in uh, the Salt Lake City (laughs) Metroplex is uh, highs will be in the mid-80s, lows around the mid-60s. Should be a beautiful day out there. Hope you all have a tremendous weekend. Though I did hear we are supposed to, like, I don't know, for maybe one of the days, supposed Mm -hmm. to hit, like, 60. Yeah, I heard next next week week it actually is going to warm up. It's going to warm up, but there is going to be still some spotty. <laughs> now I'm caught. Are you? I can't tell you. <laughs> no, I'm being no that's actually true. I, I did see that. Is that science? You're giving me science or facts? Well, well, it's weather, and all weather guys do is really guess anyway. So, oh, don't know. say that. Well, except, no, don't. Except, except for, for K Bank, no. yeah. Except for one. It's funny that you guys bring this up. I'm actually looking at a photo that was sent out by the superintendent, 
at Eagle Mountain Golf Course. And you'd think that's in Eagle Mountain, Utah, but it's not. Scotty, you know very it's well where it City, is. Brigham City, right? Yeah, absolutely. You pass yeah. it every time you head up for a coach's show or to call a game. And he just sent out a picture. I think that this is the number one fairway. And he's cut through with a with a, a snowblower. Yeah. And I'm looking at, what is that, two and a half feet of sitting snow that he's cut through oh, in Brigham City on top of this golf course. And he says, there's a putting green under here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Is that on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, here, I'll... I'll retweet it right now so that you can see what's going on here um, in in uh, Brigham City. Oh, man. It's, that bums me out. I just retweeted it so you can take a look at it. It's just insane the amount of snow. And Cash needs it, and Brigham needs it. There's no question about it. It's just you don't need it every time you head through Sardine. Have you had to, like, circumnavigate s- Sardine? Have you had to go through... That, that beaver dam area or uh no i went through uh you go through tremont and you go uh i've had to do that twice this year coming home from games um where it's just i don't like sardine one time was flat out sardine was closed and then so you take that valley view highway over through tremont and cut to i-15 there and i've had to do that twice uh that is and i've had to do that i think one time in the previous five years of calling utah state games oh my gosh are you kidding me yeah Oh, my gosh. Look at this. Oh, I'm looking at your tweet. Oh, this is so sad. Yeah. That is Brigham City. That is the Eagle Mountain Golf Course. And that is horrifying. Scotty, look at the depth on that. Just the sitting snow on that course. Don't you think that that just destroys these golf courses? Or do you think it doesn't matter? No, I think that's it's got to create some kind of damage, don't you think? Well, I would think you would get a lot of different rot that's going on, and you probably get a lot of little creatures that are burrowing under the snow, leaving all kinds of ruts and damage on fairways and probably even greens. But I don't know. I think, I'm not a curator, so I don't know. I think your buddy uh, who does the work up at the uh, Logan uh, Country Club, yeah, he, he responded to it as well, and I think that's a picture from the Logan Country Club. Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, you can follow Scotty and I, 975Hance on Twitter, and Scotty G Zone. You can follow yes, us sir. and just take a look at these pictures. Oh, yeah. Oh. is Yeah, that probably is. What is that, five feet on the uh, uh, Logan Country Club? How tall is a shovel? <laughs> about what? Four feet? About five and a half feet, probably. Yeah. Four yeah and a half, so that's a, So there you go. That's probably, yeah, about four, three and a half, four feet. Well, it just keeps coming down. And according to Lloyd's forecast, we have no comfort in sight for the next two years. L- Lloyd's become the new far- farmer's almanac, Scotty. Yeah. Well, Lloyd, <sighs> with great uh, with great responsibility, uh, <laughs> You got to be careful. Let's, yeah, let's just make sure we get it right. I don't think I think we're good now, right? Let's just shut it down. Yep. Let's kill kill the prayers. I think we're good. Yep. Let's just stop. Yep. Need uh, Governor Cox to send out a tweet that says, "All right, we're good. Pray for sun. Shut them down." Yeah, we need some unanswered prayers now. <laughs>
Oh, Go man. Ahead, name, hey. name the singer and the, the song. Sometimes I think God for an answer. Go ahead, Scotty. Take it. Uh, well, that's, uh, that's our guy Garth, right? That is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah, okay. We're done here. Keep All right, going, let's man. get to it. Come on. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to remember that song. That's the one where uh, he's at a high school football game, right? Re- runs into his old girlfriend. Yep. Yep, that's it. All right. Remember when you're praying to the man upstairs. See, that's why I didn't go, because I knew Lloyd was going to bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> With that baritone. I love how you guys always make me do the high parts. You volunteer for the high parts. You right. do. You want you're you right. want the falsetto work. You're right. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, by the way, uh, places hopping down here. Um, all kinds of, you can't. Uh, take two steps down the street without somebody wearing some kind of team clothing because you've got the West Coast Conference. Well, they, they've wrapped up, but I still saw some Gonzaga fans floating around here. Uh, you got the WAC, you got the Mountain West, you got the Pac-12. Uh, this place is hopping for college basketball right now. This is fun. Do you still got the card flippers on the corners? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's a few of those. There is. They still do that. Yeah. Oh my. God. Gosh, I would have thought that they'd have got rid of that barbaric technique years ago. Uh, I think I don't think it's overly legal, but you, uh, I think some guy will come out with a uh, milk crate and go to work real quick before the cops find him. You gotta be kidding me! Yeah, what? I just think it's. Didn't you? Uh, didn't you lose? Who was it that you saw lost a ton of money or with that the other day? Yeah, that was uh, San Francisco Pier. Okay. Yeah, that was a uh, a. Uh, shopping crate guy that was down there on the, the pier took a couple thousand off of a, a guy in a matter of about 10 15 minutes by the time he set up and took the money and then took off running and yelled cops and everybody's looking around like wait so we don't get a chance to get our money back you're just he just goes once he gets the money it's gone like you're so did you try to chase him down i don't <laughs> i yelled for help <laughs> it's not so easy, is it? All right, who's tough guy now? <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Starting lineup, Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Hans and Scotty G. Let's go. The lineup is set, and it's time to kick off the show with the biggest topic of the day. This is the starting lineup on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Starting lineup brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air, home of the award-winning line of America's standard furnaces and air conditioners. Call Lee's right now for their $59 furnace tune-up. Uh, you can also visit them online at leesheatac.com. Hans, look, I know that you cut your teeth playing football. Football is near and dear to both of us in our hearts. Um, and uh, I, I, I think the foundation of this show was kind of built on college football, although we talk about a lot of things. But I was... Uh, I was uh, catching the Utah game last night, and oh, boy. It, it just kind of bums me out because when I started, and you weren't that far behind. Like, I've been doing this for a while, but it's not like I got a, a real big head start on you doing radio in Salt Lake, maybe four or five years before you were in the middle of this. And I remember in, like, obviously the late 90s, college football was awesome, or college basketball was awesome with Rick Majerus and Utah and Britton Johnson and... Keith Van Horn and Andre Miller and and BYU turning things around with uh, McKelly Wesley and and making trips to the NCAA tournament. Um, it was just 
I don't want to say the golden age, but it was it was fun. The arenas were full. Everybody was fired up. There were multiple trips to the NCAA tournament, trips to the Sweet 16. Um, and you just kind of counted on every year that there was always a vibe with college basketball here in the state of Utah. But Utah, who appear to have things kind of going a little bit, ends up the season losing six consecutive games. Arizona, Arizona State, UCLA, USC, Colorado, and then last night loses to a not a particularly good Stanford team by 11 in the Pac-12 tournament. Utes finish off the year 17-15, and 15, and while that's an improvement over last year, and I have full confidence that Craig Smith will get it going, uh, this team, who at one point felt like it could be an NCAA tournament team, and then felt like, okay, they might be an NIT team, their season's probably done at this point. Um, I don't think that they would be a CBI. I don't think they have any interest in that. I know BYU has already, I think our own Jake Hatch and Mitch Harper both reported that BYU, if offered uh, a tournament outside of the NIT, will turn it down. Um, And it just feels like this is a weird year where you've got BYU and Utah quite possibly ending their seasons without any postseason play at all. Hmm. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Yeah. So, go ahead. I guess my, my other point, too, is like, does anybody really care? So I do think a lot of people care. I think a lot of people care. And I use the rotten bread and the rotten cheese um, scenario or um, example. So when bread goes rotten, you've got to throw it away. If it gets mold on it, you got to throw it away. Cheese gets mold on it, you cut off the mold, and inside is still some great creamy cheese. Right now, I think that these basketball programs and the fans that exist outside of it is great, creamy cheese. Once the mold's cut off, Scotty, we're going to grate that sharp cheddar, sharp cheddar, and we're going to throw it on a pizza, and you're going to have a, a great product. It isn't bread, man. I think when if Coach Pope, when and if Coach Pope gets this thing turned around, at the level that they're now moving into, whether it's Coach Pope or any other coach, BYU is going to be as big as it's ever been. If Utah could figure some things out, and again, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that it's Craig Smith that figures things out. It was a terrible ending to a season. There's no question. It was a miserable ending. As hard as Brandon Carlson tried with his 27 points and 10 rebounds last night, as much as Coach Smith, as much passion as he puts into it, you couldn't overcome some of the deficits and some of the strengths that you were going to be facing in that conference. I didn't think that the Cardinal would beat them. I didn't think it. I thought that they would take care of Stanford and they'd advance, but they didn't. If Craig, if and when Craig Smith gets this thing turned around, I think that the Huntsman Center's packed and crazy again. So I do think people care. I do think that it's an issue, but I think that it's a lump of cheese. Cut off the mold, and it's still going to be incredible inside. I love the analogy. Uh, I really hope you're right, and I think you are right. I mean, honestly, let's be—I mean, let's let let's be serious here. There is a certain element of if you're good, they will come. You know, if you build it, they will come. If you're if you win, they will come, and. I certainly think that the Marriott Center hasn't had a significant drop-off uh, over this last year. That place is always usually rocking and has a great student section. But the uh, but the Huntsman Center is, frankly, a shell of its former self to the point where they put up curtains to force everybody into the lower bowl, which is just 
insane. If you would have told anybody back in the late 90s that they would do that at the Huntsman Center because the demand was so low for tickets, they'd just be beside themselves. And I think Craig Smith, it was that's why I think it was such a smart hire is because I saw what Craig did at Utah State and the energy that he poured into that program because it was teetering. Utah State was in a bad spot with fans and attendance and stuff like that after having such a great history and legacy, and he flipped the switch on that and got it going. So that's why I thought it was a really smart move, plus he's a heck of a head coach. And maybe it's just a longer rebuild than perhaps we would have expected. They win, what, 11 games last year, they win 17 games this year, and hopefully next year they're a 20-plus win, but... I'm telling you, this is just me from a selfish standpoint. I just want to see it back to where we're seeing incredibly high-level basketball, where we're seeing 20-plus wins. We're seeing teams make runs into the NCAA tournament. Utah State may very well get into the tournament, and that's great, but I want Utah and BYU them there in, in there as well. You know, it just we've we've paid so much attention to football, and for good reason. Football's the one that makes it really go, and that's the one that's really moving all the conference realignment right now. But at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know. I'm just jonesing for great college basketball and, uh, yeah. and great tournament runs and great excitement when it comes to this time of year. Yeah, I think we all are. And I think we'd love to see it. And I think back to those moments when we had some high-level superstars in the state at the college level firing the ball up or playing down in the post or all the different great names – that we've we've got over the years, and I know that you, you didn't feel like you ever maxed out Kyle Kuzma, you didn't feel yeah. like you ever really maxed up Jakob Pertl or Delon Wright. But those are three draft picks. Those are first three, first, those are three first round draft picks that have come in the last eight years. Uh, you you go back to what we had here with Jim Romania, and it was incredible, and everybody remembers it. It, it. All it takes is getting a couple of the right players in this state, playing at that level, taking a team to the tournament, seeing if they can get them to an Elite Eight, and you're going to get that kind of madness back in the state. But having these first-round exits by both the University of Utah and Brigham Young University, it it's a shame. You're right, Scotty, because we all love watching tournament play. We all love it. I love I mean, it's not my favorite like it is a lot of people. I still will take a few different sporting events over March Madness or conference tournaments, but I love sitting down and watching BYU or Utah or Utah State compete, move on, and advance. I'm hoping Utah State can make a bit of a splash and make a run and be the one, the one team in this state that's. And, and Utah, I'm talking about the level that they're at that really makes a push and makes some noise. Yeah, because. Utah and BYU were big letdowns in their conference tournament play. No question. Yeah, the way BYU lost in that semifinal game, yeah. uh, certainly disappointing, getting blown out. And then, you know, and St. Mary's, and, and St. Mary's is good. I mean, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're great. And that's that's fine. And it's fine. BYU had a win or two. That's fine. But I, I want to see the advancement, a championship game, and, and a tournament. Uh, and an entry into the tournament off of a tournament championship. That's what I want to see. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, we'll shift gears. Let's talk some football next. Sione Buha joins us next. It still feels a little weird to say, defensive line coach at BYU. Uh, but we will chat with him straight ahead. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. 
Wherever you go, The Zone will be right there with you every step of the way. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. I love it. Where you can listen to The Zone wherever you may be. Listen to me, this stuff is available everywhere. It's your new home for streaming The Zone and getting all the latest news, insight, and analysis of the teams you can't live without. It's the all-new KSL Sports app. Available now wherever you shop for apps. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking for the latest on the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies? Yeah! We've got you covered. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the Sports Zone. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Sione Buha, new D-line coach for BYU, will join us coming up here in just a moment. Such a great song, by the way. It's as good as gets. It really is. I mean, look, you can have whatever music you want from whatever genre, whatever era you want, and it will not top this. Nope. Very, very you guys see what I did here with our, our next guest? Walk the line. I like I like what you did there. Yep. Good job. He's a defensive line coach? Oh. Yeah, no, that's what I said. Walk the line. No, I, 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 look I, at me I'm, like, I'm sitting here trying to figure out what the parallel is. I was looking at Lloyd like, what? What? I don't know. It still feels like it's... You could have gone a, I am a lineman for the county. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> but I get it now. All right, joining us now, it still sounds weird for us to say. I'm curious to know if it's uh, settled in for him. D-line coach at BYU, Sione Buhai, kind enough to join us. Sione, how are you? Hey, coach. Good. I, I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good. I'm is it is it is it is it feeling weird to wear blue or is it settled in? You got used to it now. Not at all, man. It's settled in. I'm here, man. Ten toes to the ground, and uh, we're happy to be here, man. And when I say we, me and my family, and so we're we're, we're happy to be here. Well, coach, I got to imagine that Coach Sataki and and that crew is excited to have you there as well. So, when you pull up in Provo and you head up to those coaches' offices, what was the first thing you sat down and thought? All right. Let's start here. Where was your first starting area? You know, it's just, it started really, really the first step. You know, uh, we when we when we first came to campus, I, I didn't know where anything was. Right, I, I'd never really, I'd, I'd never been to campus before. I didn't know where any of the buildings were. Um, but as soon as my wife and I got here, we obviously knew that the change of color. Uh, and, and as we got here and walked in and went up through the steps, you know, one of the most unique things is when we walk through the doors. 
Um, all we heard was, hey, is, is, is that our guys? Is, is our group here? Is our team here? And I knew they were referring to, to the Boha family. And so when we walked in and I heard that, man, it was it was all ten toes down and we were excited to be here, man. So it didn't take much, you know, as you get in here and feel the energy, the excitement, uh, and especially the, the, the energy and vibes that come from the staff and coaches, man. It's been so welcoming, not only ending with the fan, uh, with the with the coaches and the staff, but also within the fans that we've come uh, in contact with. We got on a plane following week, seen some people on the terminal, and they just greeted us. And, man, it's been a warm and welcoming um, greeting that we received since we've been here, and we love it, man. So when you stepped away from coaching for a bit after your run with the University of Utah, did you have a strong desire to get back into it, or was it BYU and Kalani and Jay Hill that got you fired up to get back into the game? I wouldn't say I had a strong desire. I think I, at that moment I had a strong desire to be able to, to, to balance up time that I needed to spend with family. And it just seemed like it was a year ago this time we were talking on the same radio station. Yeah. Um, but spending time with my family, my son uh, went on a mission. I got to spend NTC time with him in the summer, uh, have time with my daughters. My other son's senior year at Bingham High School was able to attend all those games. So those things that I was expecting from the last move had happened, and I felt like I fulfilled those. Now, was I chomping at the bit to be able to get back to coaching? I, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I was looking at the, uh, the, the coach's board, you know, all the time. But at the same time, I never closed that door. That made sense, right? There was, yeah. you know, that door had always been open. It wasn't a closed chapter in my life. It was something I always kept open when the opportunity presented itself. And, uh, you know, we've been blessed that, that this one has come our way. Coach, I'm so fascinated about college coaching because there's so many different facets to it, difficulties to it, that always leave me questioning, could I do it? Like, if I, if I really needed to or wanted to, could I do it? And the two things that really scare me away is, number one, the time commitment. It's, it's complete insanity. And then, number two, the pressure. What's more difficult? Is it the time commitment, the work level, or is it the pressure that you deal with as a coach at the college level? Well, you know, every, every profession and career, you know, has its pressures. Every, everyone, uh, every career and profession has its demands. They have its stresses, right? Now, is, is it your, do you have the ability to be able to take that on? And is it worth it for you? Do you, do you, look, at, do you look at it more as a challenge and something that you can thrive off of? more than something like a, like a task or something that I got to do. I'm sure the stresses of being a, 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 neuro, a surgeon, a heart surgeon is really stressful. I mean, something I, I couldn't take, the pressure I couldn't take. But I think, you know, those who, who are in that profession, they, that's something that they thrive in. They, you know, they look and seek for those things. So I think it's the same thing with football and coaching, right? There's, there's a lot of demands. There's a lot of uh, time commitment, a lot of commitments overall other than just time to really do it. But is that something that you can thrive in, in doing? So I think every profession and career has them. It's just your ability to say, yeah, this is my frequency. This is the type of challenge. Uh, these are the type of stresses that, that I love to manage and to be able to conquer and, and, and come out successful in. Sione, I got. I'm not gonna lie. You just bummed me out a little bit because uh, I, I when I started doing radio, it was around that 03, <laughs> 04 team, and and now you're talking about a kid on a mission and a kid being a senior, and it's like, oh my gosh, where did the time go? Does, <laughs> does does 04 really feel like almost 20 years ago? You know what? You know what? When you see the film and know that there there, there wasn't any like MP4s around the days. When you know that was shot on, on VHS and there's those little <laughs> tracking signs, you know, that gets a little disappointing for sure. Uh, but one of the great things is that you always take lessons from those times. 
Uh, you know, I'm definitely the person that I am today just because of that phase and the lessons that came along with it. But yes, you definitely do feel age when you, you don't notice it as much until you pull up the film and put it side by side with other teams and, and notice that, you know, our players say, coach, why are those squiggly lines on there? Like, hey, <laughs> back in the day, we used to have this thing called tracking, man. You guys don't know anything about it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, when you do watch the film, you do feel that. So coach, you get into the meeting rooms, you open up the roster, you start going through the names, the sizes, the schools, where they came from. How many guys in that defensive tackle room specifically, uh, I guess you could go full D-line. Go full D-line. How many guys were you yep. familiar with? How many guys had you seen, maybe recruited a couple years ago? And what was your overall thoughts of them and the talent that you stepped into? Man, you know, I wasn't familiar with any of the players. Um, you know, I, I, I had... Uh, been kind of just involved with with my family and, and and wasn't really watching BYU football at the time, so I wasn't really familiar with any of them. And so that was the number one goal for me was to be able to connect with these guys, uh, connect them with them on every single. I know they probably heard of me, and I probably if you know I probably looked through the program and, and heard of them. But you know that was the number one goal for me coming in here was to be able to connect with these guys and not really just on a superficial professional level, but really get to know what makes them tick, what they believe in, because that's how the, the chemistry and the relationship would really start for me. So I did not know uh, any of the players before. There were some people that that we that I did recruit um, while being, being up at Utah, you know, Max Tooley, uh, uh, you know, those those are the guys that, that I knew. I have a couple nephews here, uh, Ace Kofusi, um, there's uh, Isaiah Moa, uh, you know, obviously the Kafusi family is my wife's family. So, um, I mean, there was just a lot of familiar faces uh, within the whole program. But specifically for my group, I, I didn't I didn't know too many of them uh, until I until I got here. So you look at the evaluation, and I know you just barely started spring, but uh, kind of give us your thoughts on what you have and what the cupboards look like on that D line for BYU. Yeah, you know, for us, it's really just developing the culture and then uh, really have, having the culture emphasize the type of style that we need to play, right? That type of aggression that we need to play, but still be poised in, in our skill level. We have an opportunity, like we've had day two of spring ball. What's really, um, you know, obviously we're, we're this is a building process and we're at the very beginning, but it's really uh, satisfying and pleasing to see that these guys are just willing to take in what it takes to be able to build a defense that we need to build. So that eagerness, that willingness from them, I mean, what more can a coach ask for? Um, and so with, with seeing that, I reciprocate that with just doing my best to, to create the best culture in our room, to be able to uh, create the best drills that will sharpen their skills and do that over and over and over again and continue to build what we know we can build here. So, Coach, as you're sitting in the room now with the guys that you have, give me a couple of the leaders the, in, in, so far through spring ball, and I know you've got returning missionaries and you've got some other things that will happen between now and fall, but who are a couple of the leaders, the guys that you feel like you can lean on in that interior line crew right now? Yeah, you know, when you think about leaders, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to, to define leaders. When we look about leaders in, in our room, it's really – Leaders are defined as who can take care of their who can take care of their parameters who who can farm their farm the best right 
And uh, there's a lot of guys who've been able to do that. Nice Amaya has been one of those guys that says, okay, what do I need to fix in my farm? Uh, what do I need to get right? And, you know, what can I add more to my farm? John Nelson, uh, he's one of those guys. But every single one of those players in those rooms has done their part to take care of their farm. And that's one of the, the most promising things is, is guys in there and saying, hey, this is my 20 square feet. I'm going to do what I can to take care of it. Uh, you know, Jackson Cravens in the mix. Uh, just guys getting really good at their craft. Uh, and so those are just a few names. Uh, but again, everybody in their own way is contributing to building their best selves with their little 20 square feet that they got. So everybody in their own right has been a leader, but those are the ones where you can say, okay, man, this guy's making some strides. This, this person's really doing that. They're, they're setting an exemplary uh, example of how to take care of your 20 square feet, how to take care of what belongs to me. Obviously, a lot of high-powered, crazy offenses in that Big 12. Uh, just what is, I mean, is there early preparation, early looking ahead at film? I mean, what's what's kind of the mindset right now in you know mid-March as you look ahead to the Big 12? Right. You know, you know the best thing that we take as we, as we, you know, got a few more months until the season starts, you know, is, is to be established who we are and what our, ident- or what our identity is and be really good at that, right? Who we are, what we do, and how we do it. And so as we go down and have this uh, great time during spring ball to be able to practice that, to be able to do that over and over and over, then we can we could take a team that we'd be proud of into the season. Now when it comes to knowing our opponents, we everybody's familiar with each other just because of the coaching crossing paths. We've either uh, played against each other, played against an opponent of someone of the uh, in the Big 12, and so we're familiar with them. We haven't really gotten into that phase yet. We're more of like, hey, let's continue to sharpen who we are. Let's start to buff what our image and what our character and what our, our culture is here. So that's kind of where we're at at the moment. So I used to say, when you were at the University of Utah coaching, I used to say, Doug Alessia makes Coach Pua look really good because he gets, <laughs> he gets his guys ready. You know, he's putting on the meat. He's getting them out there strong. He's got the quick feet. Uh, as you come in, and because uh, I've seen some videos of you in the strength and conditioning room doing some squat work with the guys and and cheering guys on and, and really starting to help with the momentum of the program, how how is the strength and conditioning room coming along? Because there was a change made there, whether BYU fans know it or not, there was a big change made there. How do you feel like it's coming along? Well, you know, everything that the, the changes that take place, you know, Kalani and, and, and the administration, what they're trying to do is really just to get us to that level that we can be able to take a product that be good into the into the fall. And so as you guys kind of seen on the videos and stuff, those are just a byproduct of what's going on and and, 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 and the process that we're in. Those changes were just to help us to try to elevate ourselves to, to something that we can all be proud of when it comes um, when it comes to the fall season. So our guys have been in there working really hard. Um, they're, they're trying to lift everything, right, and they're trying to lift it as fast as they can, and that's, that's what we want. You know, our, part of our culture here on the defensive line is to be really tough, to be physical and skilled. And so being physical, you know, the weight room has a big part to do with, with being really physical. And so getting our guys as strong and as powerful, explosive as possible. But it just, it just doesn't end. Uh, in the weight room, right? Recovery is part of that. So we've got our nutrition team. I mean, those guys are making sure that those guys are getting feel that as much as they beat up their bodies, the recovery is just as important. So, you know, you got the weight room, you got the nutritionist, uh, you got the um, the training room doing their deal, and you got guys doing their individual things and and help them supplement their training with how to recover with their bodies, just so we can maximize all the work that they're putting in there. So it's it's a whole room effort, it's a whole building effort to get these guys to to, to be at their best. 
So I think a lot of people look at spring ball and think, okay, these are practices and development. But how important is spring to determining for you as coaches to determining depth charts and and essentially kind of the pecking order going into fall? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a time for us to be able to get our hands on our guys because, you know, they've been lifting and they've been running, right? Here's the really important part where we get to, to, to put the skill behind all the, the strength and conditioning they've been doing, right? Now now they've been, now they're, they're, they're kind of like this solid iron, and now as they come in, we're kind of pounding on the iron, sharpening it to make it really a sharp blade. So it really gives us a chance. Now, to a lot of players, um, you know, it, it differs, right? Some players, okay, let's let's continue to sharpen them up. Someone is, hey, let's let's kind of get these guys started. So everybody's at different phases, whether a newcomer or new to the system or new to the school or even a freshman, right? You would you'd imagine that their progression is a little bit different than from older guys who are like, hey, let's get this down. I know what I'm doing, and so everybody's at their different growth phases depending on wherever they're at and how much experience that they've had. And as coaches, spring ball provides this opportunity to be able to tap into every single one of those phases, right? Whether I got a return missionary that he, he, he needs to learn how to, uh, you know, shoot the gap, or I, I've got a senior who I'm trying to help perfect his craft when it comes to taking on combination blocks. So there's a lot of different guys and, and, and all of the coaches are tuned into what phase is this player in and then, in each of those phases, our job is to get them to the next phase, right? To get them to step up, to get them to be to, to, to that next level of where they need to get in their progression. And some guys go from, you know, on a scale of one to five, some guys go from a level one to a level four, some go to one to two, but the progress is, uh, is what we want in terms of the spring. And, and we're trying to take guys from where they're at now to the highest level that we can by the end of spring ball. And I, and I feel if we can do that, that's, uh, that's what spring ball is built for. Last thing for me, Coach. So as a former BYU player sitting on air, I would talk about your defensive lines and I'd break down your coaching style and I'd praise you and I'd praise Coach Whittingham for the, the success that you were guys are having. And, and I would get attacked by BYU fans saying, oh, you're a Utah lover. You've left your school. And it was and it, it's always hard, but I always try to be fair in what I in in my observations. I'm just curious where you are, who you are with the University of Utah, and you flip over to BYU. How has the reception been? Has it been difficult or a little bit easier than you thought? No, it's it's been awesome. It has not been – there hasn't been a wind of difficulty. I've actually felt, uh, you know, some backwind. I mean, you know, the welcome, the welcoming for me and my family have, have been so awesome for myself – it's been it's 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 more than I ever uh, expected. You know, I thought, hey, I was going to come in here and I'll try to earn my way, you know, earn my earn my trust and kind of earn my keep. Um, you know, being being here at BYU, but that has not been the case. And because of that, it's made me more excited. It's it's made me more um, you know pumped up to do what I got to do here. Um, yeah, there hasn't been any type of resistance or I mean, it's it's been like the best w- welcoming party. Um, you know, anyone could ask for considering the situation and conditions, and we we have felt nothing but just just welcoming hands from administrator, from 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 the staff, from from coaches, obviously from the fans, and man, you know, you know, when you got that, man, you, you like. You, you, there's no other thing that you want to do but give your best and mm-hmm. pledge your best. Um, I remember when I first got the, you know, got the job and, and as, uh, as, you know, phone calls started coming around, I started to have uh, alumni BYU guys, you know, hit me up, hey, congratulations. And, you know, whether it be uh, Sean Nua, 
uh, from just old, you know, just other players, and, and they would write and say, "Hey, you know, congratulations." And I made it real, I made it real clear to them, and and, and I said, "Hey, you know what? I pledge, dude. I'm gonna give. I, I know that's your alma mater, and that's where I'm at now, and, and I'm a, I'm a BYU guy. But you know, I pledge to those guys. I give them all I got. I said, "I'm gonna give you the best I got." Like I'm gonna give you everything I got, and so for me, it, it was it was an honor to be a part of it, but it's a it's also an honor to be in it. If that makes sense, uh, and so I, I pledge to those guys, and again, no resistance or anything. It's been such an awesome welcome to be here, and uh, you, like I said, we we love it here. Well, coach, look forward to more of these conversations. This is a lot of fun. Uh, good luck during spring, <laughs> and uh, can't wait to get the season started here in a few months. Happy for you, coach. Awesome, awesome. Thank you too. You got it. There's the man himself. Sione uh, Bauha, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. He's got some good talent in that room. He mentioned, um, he mentioned Nice Mahe. Nice Mahe, I think, is committed, kind of recommitted to leaning out the body and figuring out this new defense. I think there's a couple of other guys that. I look to for some productivity, maybe Caden Haas. I would hope that Caden would be ready to go. I actually think, and this is just my opinion, I think you should put a little bit of weight on John Nelson and make him a continual three technique because they're going to play that three, four. They're going to play that that similar style that you're used to, or sorry, the uh, four, three, the, the style that you're used to with Kyle Whittingham. And, you're going to need those defensive tackles, those traditional gap-stopping, two double-team-taken-on type of D-tackles. And Sione is going to be tasked with getting that ready, Scotty. And it's it's actually going to be quite the job. I think BYU's defensive line, their defensive front, is the biggest question mark. It's the biggest area of needed development and improvement. And we'll see if Sione and that defensive staff can get that done. Hans and Scotty, what you may have missed coming up next right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is this is DJ and PK. Tim Lacombe, join us. Where do our BYU Cougars go from here? They're going to rise to the occasion. It's going to be a learning curve, no doubt, particularly basketball. If it was football, they'd be going to the SEC. It's the best league in the country. Like any huge undertaking, it's going to take a ton of effort and a ton of people pulling in the same direction. But one thing I know is BYU's a really competitive place. If you are competitive people, they want to be known for excellence. And over time, I think they can get there. This year was a rough year back. Basketball-wise, you know, we had one our last year there. Football's done a good job. I think football's positioned with coaching moves and getting things kind of solidified. So it's going to be fun. I live a mile from there. I live just far enough away that I don't have anything to do with it, but I can sit and watch it all, and it's going to be fascinating. Catch DJ and PK. Mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Hyundai. Utah's number one Hyundai dealer for 16 years in a row. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of What You May Have Missed right here on the Zone. 
Two o'clock hour or one o'clock hour coming up next. We'll have a chance, of course, to chat with the uh, job father himself, Tim Lacombe. Get his thoughts on the Jazz, college hoops, all that stuff coming up here in a bit, Hans. Excited to talk to Coach Lacombe and uh, got a couple things here in what you may have missed, Scotty, and we'll make it quick. All right, so imagine, <laughs> imagine, Scotty, you finally get rid of me, the dead weight that you've been dealing with and packing around for the last nearly 10 years. Oh, jeez. And you're able to bring in your dream voice and dream analyst, whoever that might be. I don't know whether it's the ghost of Vince Scully or whatever it is. And you're sitting there and you're doing great radio with him. And the ratings skyrocket and sales skyrocket and the projections of what you're going to be and what that show is going to be skyrocket. And then you get a call that Vin Scully walked into a steel bar, hit him right in the throat, and he can't talk anymore. It's kind of what just happened to the Phoenix Suns. I mean, come on. Could it be worse luck? No, especially in pregame warm-ups, too. This is insanity. For those of you that haven't seen the video footage, and it's all over the place. Kevin Durant is warming up last night. He's getting ready for the game against OKC. And he's just hitting some pregame layups, just taking two steps at the rim and these simple layups. I don't know how he did it. He stepped on the side of his foot, and his ankle touched the ground. They did a slow-mo picture capture of it, Scotty, and his ankle hit the ground and he popped back up and he shook it off for a minute and then he left the court and then he wasn't there for the game and then he showed up in a walking boot and now they're saying he's done potentially for the remainder of the regular season which then could potentially leak into the postseason who knows i Kevin Durant has to be, Scotty, a little bit cautious after coming back from what he came from and then having his Achilles pop. I can't imagine that Kevin Durant's like, yeah, let's get me back as soon as I can. Because the last time he did that, his Achilles blew on him. So, um, yeah, you know what's interesting, too, is yesterday morning I was on and you know, you know, Bonneville's got a bunch of sports radio stations, and once a month we do this conference call where we all talk about, oh, what's going on in your market, and what are you guys working on, and best practices and stuff like that. Well, uh, a really good dude, his name's Sean. He's the PD down at Phoenix, and he uh, he was puffing out his chest yesterday on the call. He's like, "Welcome to Kevin Durant Day. It's Kevin Durant Day. First home game. Everything's great. This is awesome. All of our programming is centered around Kevin Durant. I mean, they were." live at the Super Bowl on Media Row when the trade went down, and he said we immediately shut down all of our Super Bowl coverage just to talk about the Kevin Durant trade, and now we've all been fired up since he's got back in. Now he's playing his first home game tonight, and that happened. In just the warm-ups. Unreal. In the warm-ups. It, oh, man, what a gut punch. I saw that lineman at the Combine. He blew his ACL Yeah, at the NFL Combine. And you've got these strange, poorly timed injuries that make zero sense. This ankle twist on Kevin Durant in the warm-ups, if there's ever like a karma moment that kind of surfaces on video 
And I'm not saying that Kevin Durant deserves this. It's just those types of moments and injuries like that, it's what what did he do? What puppy did he kick? Not yeah. what puppy did he kick? What puppy did he suffocate? Because nobody deserves that. Or what puppy did Sun's new ownership suffocate? Because nobody deserves this. So San Francisco or sorry, um, Phoenix goes out there. They beat OKC last night without Kevin Durant, and they absolutely should. They're still a good enough team without Kevin Durant that they should be able to get wins against teams like Oklahoma City. But this team without Kevin Durant, in my opinion, is not a championship team. I don't even think they're in the conference championship game. I think they're probably a second-round bump, and then they get into this rebuild, especially with what they did and and what – they had to do to get Kevin Durant to come in. They sold their soul. And if Kevin Durant misses the remainder of this season, including the postseason, I just, I throw my hand up and I think, what? What? How? I just can't even imagine what they're going through. This program director that you're talking about, this morning he had to be waking up and thinking, what What alternate universe am I in? Yeah. In the warm-ups? No! Ten, ten games left in the regular season? No! To a guy that, again, Kevin Durant will not hurry back. He won't. No, 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 no. He no. just got done coming back from an ACL situation, so his legs were already weak. He's twisted his ankle. He's going to have to recover from that. By the time he gets back, his Achilles is going to be like, try it. Try me. I dare you. I'll quit. Yeah, yeah. I'll quit. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I'll pop. I don't care. So I got to imagine he's extremely cautious. I don't know when we see him back. Uh, I don't either. It's going to be a minute. That's for sure. I don't think there's any rush. And frankly, if you're Phoenix, you don't. You, I don't think there's a huge rush to get him back because you know you're going to be in the playoffs and you know you're going to be all right. So what do you do? You just kind of chill and say, all right, you know what? Let's just get him, make sure he's as healthy as he possibly can, and then we'll, we'll make our playoff run. Doesn't matter about home court or any of that other stuff. Let's just make sure we're in a good spot. But, yeah. All right. Tim Lacombe joins us next. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.